Welcome to another episode of T-Rex Talk. This is uh, kind of a, a part two. Last week we talked about information, uh, just the sheer profusion of information that is available about any and all topics to basically the entire population of the world uh, today, thanks to the internet and various other content creation tools. So the amount of information that exists kind of has the potential to not only empower people to do almost anything that they want, but also kind of paralyze them because there's just so much information that is available and being able to have access to all that information is just overwhelming and sometimes even discouraging to see the incredible level of skill and capability that's required to get to the best of the best. If you missed that episode, you can go back and listen to it, uh, but you also just basically heard the entire point of the episode, which is fairly similar to what we're going to be talking about today, which is in addition to the incredible amount of information that is available, today's uh, citizen of the 21st century, especially in the West, has access to tools that are incredibly powerful compared to the things that came before, uh, even just 50 years ago. And the power of those tools has an incredible empowering capability, just like the sheer quantity of information, but it also sort of has the same chilling effect. It has the capability to make us feel really lazy and put more confidence in those tools than we really should. So let's talk about a few areas in which that is the case. Now, first, I want to go on record and say that powerful tools are very good. Tools should be powerful. Tools exist to do a job, and the better they do that job, the better. That seems really obvious to say, and you all know this. A sharp knife is not only better at cutting than a dull knife, a sharp knife is actually safer than a dull knife. A powerful firearm that is really accurate is not only more effective at doing its job than a weak and inaccurate firearm, but it's actually going to be safer because it will accomplish its job in a shorter amount of time and uh, with greater precision and hopefully less collateral damage. Tools should be powerful, and nothing that I am going to say in the rest of the episode should undermine that point. The issue is that people using tools often become overconfident with the capabilities of their tools. So let's stick with weapons for just a second, because this is a T-Rex Arms podcast after all. The more sophisticated and powerful a weapon is, the less it relies on the power of the user. So a rock that you're holding in your hand adds power to the user, but it is still very dependent upon the strength of that user's arm in using the rock as a weapon. A knife is another step up in capability and in sophistication. It is far less dependent upon the strength of the user's arm than the stone is, but it still obviously requires a fair amount of strength and dexterity for it to be used effectively as a weapon. Arrows, similar. And then crossbows and firearms. Each one of these things relies less and less on the strength of the user to deliver devastating power and force. But all of these devices, all of these weapons, all of these tools still require a fair amount of mastery. And there's a temptation when you level up your weapons, when you level up your tools, when you unlock a new capability of power, to assume that now the human has to do less. Well, the weapon is actually going to be more effective if the human doesn't do less. It's really easy if you are, for example, uh, 
a Bronze Age civilization, and you have bronze knives, and you're fighting a Stone Age civilization with rocks, because they haven't figured out how to make stone knives yet for some reason, to assume that you can be weaker than them because your tools will make up the difference. And that's probably a fairly safe assumption, as long as you know for sure that they don't have stone knives. Because then, whoever has developed more skill and strength with the similar weapon is going to win. Obviously, again, there's, there's more factors in there, but you get the point. Every time a new generation of weapon comes along, where greater power is being done by the weapon, we have to fight against the assumption that we have to do less skill. We want to maintain those skills, even though we no longer need to maintain the same level of strength. The weapon does a lot of that power side of things, but we need to separate that a little bit from the skill side of things. And to illustrate this, uh, we now go from weapons to talking about photography, obviously. Brace yourself for another one of those when I was a kid stories. But when I was a kid, uh, cameras took pictures on film. And you couldn't see the pictures that you took until after the film had been developed. And you couldn't develop the film until after you'd taken all the pictures on the roll, which was, it actually kind of depended on the camera and what kind of film you bought, but not many. My dad had a 35 millimeter Pentax SLR, and it's, uh, you could get 36 exposures out of a roll of film. So for, I forget how much they cost, but for the cost of the film and the cost of developing the film, you got 36 pictures. And when you were taking those pictures, you could not see how they were turning out. You had to be very, very careful about getting the settings of your camera right and then kind of shooting blind. Yes, you could see through the viewfinder, but you had to make sure that what you were seeing through the viewfinder was really, really, really what you wanted because there was no take a thousand pictures and then pick one that turned out okay. Once digital cameras come along, you have the option to take thousands of pictures and just see if one comes out okay. And automatic features come along. So you have the capability of letting the camera do all the hard work. And that is actually, I would argue, a good thing. Letting the camera do the really hard work, like figuring out what ISO it should be on, figuring out the white balance, things like this. This actually frees up the photographer to think about what he wants to take a picture of and the subject and the background and the framing so that the composition of the picture is really, really good. And the camera does the math. However, as somebody who has uh, taught photographers and cinematographers and, and worked with <laughs> young filmmakers, I can tell you that that's usually not what happens. What happens at first is when the camera takes over the math, figuring out some of the details of the exposure triangle, a lot of time the person behind the camera hands over a lot of other responsibilities to the camera. And the camera isn't capable of setting up good shots the camera isn't capable of picking the right time to press the shutter. You can kind of get around that by just taking a thousand shots at a high rate of speed and then picking one. But what happens when the camera does a lot of the heavy lifting is that it lulls the photographer, uh, especially a young photographer, into a sense of security where he thinks that he can hand over other creative decisions to the camera as well. And then he doesn't really think about what he's doing. So all of the capabilities that that new digital camera with its fantastic autofocus and its fantastic auto white balance and its fantastic auto exposure and the extremely wide latitude and extremely fast frame rate that it can shoot at, all of those tools end up being used for the service of really unthought through, unplanned shots because by taking a lot of the work off of the user's mind, 
the temptation to take the rest of the work off the user's mind quickly follows. And again, this is not a universal. There are people who have utilized these tools while continuing to stay in creative control of what they are trying to do and actually plan out their <laughs> photographs ahead of time. But micro SD cards are cheap. They hold tens of thousands of photos. So it's really easy to get lazy. Now, the interesting thing is that I think that it's actually the photographers who worked really hard to build those disciplines in the past, when they had to buy rolls of film, when they had to use light meters to try to figure out what exposure to set the camera for, when they had to check and double check and triple check the focus through the viewfinder because there was no automatic feature. Those guys built the disciplines and probably were the best at making use of the new features when the smarter cameras came along. They'd already built the discipline of planning the shot, thinking through the shot, checking the shot before hitting the shutter button. They probably benefited from those tools far better than the next generation of photographers that came around. Basically, uh, basically me. People my age and younger need to build the discipline of thinking through the shot, planning the shot, and checking the shot somewhat artificially because the camera sort of tells us we don't have to do that. If we're in a botanical garden, we set the camera on auto and we just pray and spray. Out of those thousand shots, there's going to be one that's worth putting on Instagram, allegedly. And so it's really easy to get lulled into this false sense of security and not build the discipline of planning. To not actually build the technical disciplines of what the aperture is doing, what the shutter speed is doing, what the ISO actually means. Just let the camera handle that. And now that cell phones have really, really good cameras in them, and more importantly, really, really good software controlling those cameras, it's even harder to learn. Like, it is actually harder on some phones to find the manual mode for the camera that lets you set that stuff than it is to learn those things in the first place. And again, I do not want to besmirch in any way the power that these tools have as being a bad thing. Uh, I do think that tools that default to automatic and kind of penalize you when you want to take more control over the process, I think that may be a bad thing. But digital cameras or digital phone cameras that have more resolution, more sensitivity, more capability, these are good things. They can be used for good or evil, but more power in the hands of the individual is a good thing. So for those of us who want to be deliberate about this and actually plan out what it is that we're trying to do, what we're trying to say, what we're trying to capture, whether it is with a camera, whether it is in a filmmaking scenario, whether it is in an intelligence or war fighting capability, these are things that we still have to do, disciplines that we really have to maintain, regardless of how sophisticated the tools become. Or perhaps we have to be more disciplined in these areas, the more powerful the tools become. In the same way that in the last episode, we talked about vast swaths of information that exist that have not resulted in people being more informed. Uh, there are powerful tools out there, and even let's just stick with cameras for a minute. There are powerful creative tools out there that have not resulted in people necessarily being more creative. I think... Uh, Films are a good example of this. Filmmaking tools have increased in power and capability in my lifetime far more than even just still cameras. The ability to shoot footage 
uh, for a movie and then come back and completely change the background, completely change the lighting, even change the costume that the actor is wearing. The ability to change all of this stuff in post has not resulted in movies that are better, in my opinion. It has resulted in filmmakers who are lazier. They will shoot stuff knowing that they can fix it later, so they don't put the time and effort into the planning that resulted in better movies in the past. Movies used to be really, really hard to make (laughs) because all of the difficulties of that 35mm still camera that I described to you earlier are magnified by a 35mm motion picture camera. And that's only one department. Every department on a film set in the past was kind of working blind. They could not see the final product until after it was developed and edited. And this was a process that took weeks or months after they were shooting on set. So everybody had to be really good at what they did. And they had to be really good at planning so that they were confident that they could walk away with finished, usable footage that was going to fit into the movie that had been written and storyboarded on paper ahead of time. And today's filmmaking tools are incredibly powerful. And when I work on a YouTube video for the T-Rex YouTube channel, I am incredibly grateful for the ability to easily do color grade, to easily change audio levels, to easily do tons of digital effects that make the final product cleaner and better and uh, more watchable for the end user. But I also have this temptation to just shoot it and figure it out later, a temptation that a lot of filmmakers working on, say, the large streaming shows, uh, I believe are succumbing to more often than not. So when you are wanting to learn a skill or a discipline, whether it is uh, radio communication, whether it is uh, land navigation, the temptation is going to be to lean really heavily on the automatic features of tools. Uh, I love GPS tools. Modern GPS capability is phenomenal. I'm really tempted to lean heavily on the digital maps that I have on my phone because the ability to zoom way, way, way in and turn on and off different layers of hill shading and slope shading and stuff like that are phenomenal capabilities. But they also lull me into the sense of security where I can get lazy. So I am recording this uh, this podcast shortly after doing a, a land nav course where uh, I limited myself to just a paper topo map with no shading whatsoever and Uh, I actually had two compasses, but that really clarified in my mind a lot of the areas that I was weak on and a lot of the pre-planning stuff that I need to do in the future. When I am planning to go someplace, uh, when I am planning to do something outdoors, uh, this isn't something that you can just fix in post if your GPS breaks. It is far too easy to assume that I can walk anywhere that I want, and then when it's time for me to come back, turn my GPS on and let it figure out the route home. That's a fantastic capability that the GPS has, that the GPS gives you. But having a better understanding of how the land works, how maps work, how compasses work, how your legs work, uh, these things (laughs) you can really easily miss if you just completely put yourself on autopilot and let the GPS take the direction. So my recommendation for everybody that is listening to this podcast is to really think about some of those lower levels and not to stop using the powerful tools, not to stop carrying the powerful tools with them, but to really understand what is the creative thing that is supposed to happen before the tool really comes into play. Whether you are wielding this large chunk of stone or a precise small knife, the skill of the guy who is applying that tool 
to the uh, combat situation is really going to matter a lot. It doesn't mean that strength doesn't matter, but the skill that is there is really independent of the tool. And letting the tool just kind of do its thing results in unskilled stuff happening, regardless of how sophisticated the tool actually is. So the homework assignment for this particular episode is to simply be more deliberate. Now, not all of us are involved in hand-to-hand combat or photography, so just be more deliberate in whatever you are doing. Think about the processes that are involved in the creative side that you control, and think about the processes that are involved in the technical side that, say, an automatic tool provides you, and really deliberately plan out what it is that you are going to do on your side, and deliberately plan out what you want the tool to do on its more sophisticated side. One more example. Modern word processors are incredibly powerful because they let you type words in, move them around, and the new ones, Google Docs and the the Microsoft ones, like they pretty much all have automatic spell check and they even help you with grammar and things. So the temptation is to just write random blah thoughts down on the page because we'll move them around later. But think back to people who were writing stuff on typewriters or, you know, way, way back in the day, pencils and paper. Solzhenitsyn wrote the book A Day in the Life of Ivan Dasanovich in his head because he didn't even have paper to write it on when he was in Siberia. And the result is an amazing, phenomenal book because a person did all that deliberate pre-planning for the structure of the book. It wasn't just thrown down into a Word doc and then rearranged until it worked better and then hit send. This kind of deliberate, careful, purposeful thought is very important for communication or creative stuff or even combat. And so this week, if you're taking pictures on your phone, try to take fewer pictures. Try to be very careful and deliberate about what you yourself are doing with that photograph, even if you're not doing manual focus. If you're writing or if you are reading, think about what is actually being communicated in the thing that you are reading from a creative and structural perspective, even though we all know that we're going to do some uh, automatic spell check stuff. Great writers do all of the great writer stuff before the auto spell check really kicks in. Great photographers do all of their great photography creativity before the camera has a chance to do auto focus or auto white balance. And great combat tacticians or strategic or even logistical thinkers do all of their creative stuff. All of their greatness happens before the automatic features of the powerful tools that they later put into effect. So as grateful as I am for these incredibly sophisticated and powerful tools that exist for so many different disciplines, let's focus on the main discipline of deliberate, careful pre-planning and what we're actually trying to accomplish with those tools before we just unthinkingly hold down that automatic shutter button or that automatic fire button or whatever. 